From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome you to this broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. As we begin this new year, we invite you to hear Dr. Cairns as he continues a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Today's text is Joshua chapter 5 and verse 12. They did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Israel's weary wanderings were all over, and the promised rest was attained. No more moving tents, fiery serpents, fierce Amalekites, and howling wildernesses. They came to the land which flowed with milk and honey, and they ate of the old corn of the land. Perhaps this year, beloved Christian, this may be thy case or mine. Joyful is the prospect, and if faith be in active exercise, it will yield unalloyed delight. To be with Jesus in the rest which remaineth for the people of God is a cheering hope indeed. And to expect this glory so soon is a double bliss. Unbelief shudders at the Jordan which still rolls between us and the goodly land. But let us rest assured that we have already experienced more ills than death at its worst can cause us. Let us banish every fearful thought and rejoice with exceeding great joy in the prospect that this year we shall begin to be forever with the Lord. A part of the host will this year tarry on earth to do service for their Lord. If this should fall to our lot, there is no reason why the New Year's text should not still be true. We who have believed do enter into rest. The Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. He gives us glory begun below. In heaven they are secure, and so are we preserved in Christ Jesus. There they triumph over their enemies." and we have victories too. Celestial spirits enjoy communion with their Lord, and this is not denied to us. They rest in His love, and we have perfect peace in Him. They hymn His praise, and it is our privilege to bless Him too. We will this year gather celestial fruits on earthly ground, where faith and hope have made the desert like the garden of the Lord. Man did eat angels' food of old, and why not now? Oh, for grace to feed on Jesus, and so to eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan this year. Sing the wondrous 
As we contemplate the beginning of a new year, believers in Jesus Christ look forward to going on with God in their Christian lives. An indispensable part of that is the regular study of the Bible. The psalmist said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. The first psalm reminds us that the blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. In order to help believers maintain a consistent and organized way of reading the Bible, Let the Bible Speak offers an excellent plan of reading that will allow God's people to read through the entire Scriptures once in two years, as well as the Psalms and the New Testament twice. Included with this reading plan is a list of some of the words found in the authorized version that may be unfamiliar to modern readers. To obtain your copy of a Bible word list and daily reading plan free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of A Bible Word List, and we'll be happy to provide it.
On today's edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues his series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of Christ as he begins the message of the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Although the record of this miracle is the only one found in all four Gospels, Dr. Cairns will be taking as his text the narrative from chapter 6 of John's Gospel. Many have treated this miracle devotionally with a variety of applications. However, Dr. Cairns will focus on what it says about Christ himself. In contrast to the disciples, who only wanted the crowd to go away, the Lord Jesus demonstrated great compassion toward them. He used this opportunity to teach the people that he is the creator, the sustainer of life, and the redeemer of life. Now Dr. Cairns introduces this message on the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Continuing our studies in the life of Christ, we come to John chapter 6. We could read uh, at least part of this in any one of the four Gospels. But we're reading John's account of the only miracle of the Lord Jesus Christ that is recorded in all four Gospels. In many ways, it's the best known of all the Savior's miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. Now, as any preacher will tell you, the most difficult parts of the Bible to preach upon are the best known. And that's because most people say, "Uh uh-uh, I know that. And since most people are always looking for an excuse to catch up on their sleep, that's the time when they think they can do it. I hope today that you'll be like the scribe that the Lord Jesus uh, mentioned, and you'll find in the bag things old and also things new. We're going to read in John's Gospel, chapter 6, and we're commencing at verse 5, reading through verse 14, taking up the reading at verse 22. Verse 5 of John, chapter 6. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There's a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that should come into the world. Verse 22. The day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one 
whereunto his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, What sign showest thou then, that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Verse 47. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Amen. The Lord will add his own blessing to the reading of his own precious word for his name's sake. As I've said, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 is probably the best known or among the best known of the Savior's miracles. Sadly, unfortunately, it is most often used in what... Uh, Bible commentators and theologians call the horizontal plane. In other words, to make connections between man and man without seeing much, if anything, of the meaning of the miracle, which says much, much more about the relations of man with God and God with man. In fact, it's very distressing to read over the history of sermonizing the kinds of things that have been most often preached about this miracle. 
believe it or not, it has been taken very frequently as a text upon the need for sharing what you have. There's been so much emphasis on the fact that a little boy brought his coarse lunch out that day as he went to hear the Savior speak, and that he gave that to the Savior. There's been so much emphasis on that that uh, liberals, modernists, and indeed even some evangelicals have spent more time talking about the boy sharing his lunch. And the fact of the matter is, he didn't share his lunch. He had as much to eat and more to eat than when he started. Nobody ate of his lunch, as I'll show you as we go a little further. But there's been more talked about his sharing than the Savior's mighty grace and power. Believe it or not, there's also been a host of sermons on uh, the theory or the axiom, waste not, want not. There's been a whole lot of sermons on how they gathered up the baskets of fragments. You shouldn't waste. Well, obviously that's very true, but it misses the point of the miracle. Among evangelicals, the most usual way of dealing with the miracle is in a purely devotional manner. Now, there's nothing wrong with the devotional treatment of this passage in Scripture. In fact, it presents many a rich vein of truth that you will never be able to mine out. Uh, You look at it and you'll see plenty of devotional truth that will touch your heart. You will see Uh, there's, There's a spiritual connection here. You look at this picture and you see the urgency of the need that faced the disciples of Christ and that faced Christ himself. People were famished. There was an urgency of need. You immediately see that when you as disciples of Christ look out in the world today. Amidst all the riches and the pleasures of the age in which we live, men are not only hurting, men are dying. And it is because of a famine of the hearing of the Word of God. There is an urgency of need. You look around, are broken, hearts are broken, lives are broken, men and women dying in their sin. Certainly, we see an urgent need. We can also see the insignificance of our resources. The disciples looked around and at first they said, We have nothing wherewith to feed the multitude and meet the need. Then they found in the 5,000 one little fellow with five barley loaves. You know, people who had anything wouldn't eat barley loaves. The staple food of that area was wheat. But as happens in most countries, uh, the necessary commodities are gobbled up by the rich, and the ordinary people couldn't afford wheat bread, so they were reduced to eating coarse barley loaves. This little fellow brought his coarse lunch, and uh, it appears that nobody else had even thought of it. That's all there was, the insufficiency of the resources. Man, when you look at what the Church of Christ is called to do today, you see the urgency of the need that faces it. Then you look at what we have by way of abilities, talents, and resources. You would throw up your hands in horror, and you would say with Andrew, what are these among so many? What good can these people do? The answer becomes apparent when you see the abundance of the supply. Because 
the Lord can take the nobodies and the nothings and use them. Wasn't it McShane who said in his off-quoted statement, it is not great talent that God blesses so much as great likeness to Christ? That's what the Lord's looking for. We were hearing the choir sing about more of this and more of that and more of something else, and it comes down to more likeness to Christ, more holiness of heart, more dedication to Him, more hatred of sin, more making of ourselves available to the King of glory for His service. And when the church of Jesus Christ is given over into His hand, as the five barley loaves and the few fishes were handed into the hand of the Savior, then there is an abundance of supply. So there is this usual way of dealing with the feeding of the 5,000. But remember, we're studying the life, the biography of Christ. And so today I want to focus on the Savior himself. And I want to see what this miracle says about him. Remember the story. The crowds had been thronging the Savior, and they had been with him day after day and following from place to place and even across the storm-tossed Sea of Galilee. As darkness began to fall, they were fainting with hunger. The disciples came to the Savior, and they said, Send them away. I don't want to get off on a tangent. But isn't it just like us, ourselves? The easiest way to deal with a problem is to avoid it. Let's not get involved. Lord, send them away. But we read that Jesus had compassion upon them. And he said, they need not go away. Give ye them to eat. But of course, as I've said, they had nothing to give them. And all they could find in that vast company were these few loaves and fishes. But the Lord Jesus said, bring them to me. Bring them to me. And he took them. He blessed. We tend to think that he blessed the bread. But what does that mean? As I said at the communion table last time, we were talking about blessing the bread. Actually, when he blessed, he was blessing God. He was magnifying God. He was glorifying the Father. He was already speaking by faith. He blessed God. Then he broke the bread, and then he gave it, and he fed 5,000 men. And there was more left over than when they had begun. In fact, the disciples must have been eating barley loaves and fish fragments for many days to come. And knowing the moaning disposition of most of us, I'm not sure that by the time they had got through them all, they weren't sorry that the wee fella had not brought a much more diverse meal to the table. Now, this was the miracle. Now, John is very careful when he records the miracle to give it its meaning. And that's what the rest of John chapter 6 is all about. Because the Lord Jesus took this miracle and he used it as the text for a sermon about himself. When the people came the following day, they were looking for more food. 
missionaries talk about rice Christians. People who will profess anything if you give them rice. Or whatever part of the world they happen to be in, the staple food. People will make any profession if only you will buy their allegiance. And here were the original rice Christians. They came. Jesus said, you're not looking even for the miracle. You're simply looking for food. And then he said, labor not for the meat that perishes, but labor for that meat which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. How do we get that meat? How do we stand rightly related to God? What is it that God demands of us, they asked. And he said, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. <laughs> 